Hello and welcome to Off the Bench, a women's sports podcast in Ireland, which uh, we like to cover lots of things that we don't hear about in mainstream sport, particularly for women's athletes and their sports. Uh, so, but we're now at the moment, we're back up and running after a lockdown uh, and, and in the lockdown. So we've got a slightly different format now. We're talking to athletes about how they're getting on the, in the lockdown. And also because so many sports are, you know, um, doing stuff with their team sports, are doing a lot of stuff with their athletes at the moment we're hearing a lot about them and seeing a lot about them which is great we're not saying a lot about athletes who aren't involved in team sport so um for our lockdown special so far we've had the rower Afrid on we've had the golfer leona mcguire and today's guest is well somebody who on our instagram says she's a lover of anything and everything with wheels so welcome to off the bench ruth nugent thank you <laughs> Um, we heard a rustling earlier on and um, you were telling me you're using a very unusual uh, icing pack to deal with your knee today, Ruth. What's that? Yeah, I, uh, I have a torn discus and um, it's kind of just been acting up recently and I was on the bike this morning. So I was just using a bag of wedges to <laughs> ice it because there's no peas. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, folks. Before we even started today, a useful and handy tip on um, it works. <laughs> It doesn't have to be frozen peas as we all use. It can be frozen wedges. <laughs> Clever idea. <laughs> I have to remember that one for future. Nice and flexible as well. Flex you they flex more flexible than a frozen burger. So it's a good idea. To be honest, it's true. It works. <laughs> so if you hear any rustling in the background, it's just her with the potato wedges and she's not eating <laughs> yeah. them. She's using them to ice her knee. Apologies. <laughs> Ruth, um, you're from Meath, um, and you're involved because uh, as I said it says on Instagram, a lover of everything and anything and everything uh, with wheels we're going to talk about your sports and it's not just one but two um and in lockdown as we've noticed in recent weeks of people have interviewed they've done unusual things during lockdown and you discovered last uh, just in the past week that something good has happened to you with regard to sport in lockdown what was that and why uh yeah so i actually got the good news that um the championship that i was competing in i won the class that i was uh, racing in so it was in class two of the rally sport association rally sprints so yeah basically we didn't get to do our last round because of uh covid coming to ireland so they had to sort out kind of rejig the points and everything um to close off the championship and apparently i won it so <laughs> and, uh were there wh what class is it what class of motorsport is it so it's in rally sprints, um, which is kind of like timed runs. It's kind of for uh, rally cars and rally, or sorry, rally cars and circuit racing cars. On a, on a closed circuit on a rally track. I will talk about that e in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, um, yeah. were there many women competing in your class? Um, no, there wasn't. There was a one lady, Leanne Carroll, who was competing in another class. And I think she kind of just jumped in. Like the good thing is you can kind of compete in two classes in one. Yeah. So I think she just kind of did one, one race one day. Um, but nobody in the championship. I think like I was the only female in the championship in my oh, class. Wow. Yeah. Well done. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Competing with men as women do in lots of sports um, and yeah. beating them as well. So let's talk about, uh, first of all, how did you get into motorsport? Um, well, definitely because of my dad. My dad was always a massive motorsport fan. Uh, he used to race trials when I was younger and um, he then did a bit of navigating and rallying and stuff. And through a friend, he was told that uh, Mandela Park were in need of motorsport marshals. So he went down to an event or two and then uh, encouraged me to come along and dragged me along because I didn't know what I was going to. 
um, and it was for a rallycross event and I basically fell in love. I was 12, so it's 14 years ago now and uh, still going there. It's basically my second home. So that's how I got involved in motorsport. As a, as a marshal, not as a driver. And it's funny, 20, mm. the 20 by 20 campaign talks about getting women involved at every, at every um, element of sport, not just as athletes, um, but as coaches, administrators, referees. So marshalling yeah. is, I suppose, the equivalent of refereeing, is it? That how you oh, definitely, yeah. So basically, um, you kind of have to go through different training stages because uh, for the likes of cars and bike events, obviously there'd be crashes, and um, especially for motorbikes, people coming off bikes. So there's different like levels of training and stuff. And you start off by doing flagging. So flagging for posts and then you come to be a grounds person. So uh, luckily through the Motorsport Marshals Association, we've uh, got some great training between first aid, fire, everything. Um, and I'm 14 years working in cars and three years in bikes. And I, it just, you learn something every single time, right? To be honest, you never stop learning. do you learning, get a buzz from marshalling, even though you're not, not driving at that point? You weren't yeah, driving. I think everyone that kind of goes to marshalling has the same love for motorsport as any other driver. They just may not have the money or they may not have the courage to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you do, you definitely do. I have to say, I do prefer marshalling the bike events because there's a lot more going on and it's a lot, a lot more serious action. like yeah it's great though I absolutely love it and anyone can do it you can just walk rock up on the day and you'll be put with an experienced marshal and get trained in brilliant so something we would never have thought of was first of all would be marshalling in motorsport women can do it just the same as men and then at some point you've taken in recent years the jump into a car with a wheel in your hand <laughs> so yeah. tell us about how um because I, I i always imagine that one of the things about motorsport is it's expensive and how do you how do you get into it how do you get involved with it um so yeah it was about three years ago that i kind of just said like I, I need to do this. I've been wanting to for so long and I just said, I'm going to save up and I'm going to go and give it a go. So I, it required saving, but basically it was just a case of actually just going around and asking questions. Cause even though I'd been involved in motorsport, I didn't know how you start racing. I didn't know what you yeah. needed to do. So I just kind of had to get the courage and go around and be like, so how do you get a race license and how do you race a car? Like I just had to ask all the scary questions and everybody was so helpful um, and everybody was so encouraging so yeah I started uh, I raced two seasons two years in the Fiesta Z-Tech championship and then I did a little bit of rally cross at the end of last year and then the last two months um, just decided to start rally sprints so it's been I've lucky that I've, I've gotten very few opportunities within the last three years tell us great what what is the difference between all of those for people who don't understand motorsport like me at all really um and even the fact that you're you're racing all those different um disciplines on a track what's the difference between formula four does it fiesta z-tech then rally cross and then rally sprint sprints um so basically circuit racing is like what you'd see on say formula one where every car goes out for qualifying and you get gridded on the grid of cars by how quick you were or slow you were. So uh, then when the lights go out, you go and it's every all, all for one or a woman for, <laughs> for themselves. Yeah, basically the first corner is always very interesting because everyone's <laughs> just going straight in for it. But um, that's circuit racing and then rallycross is actually the exact same, but it's mixed surface. So in circuit racing, it's all tarmac, while in um, rallycross, parts of the track will be kind of like a, just a loose surface, basically. So it okay. kind of makes it a bit rally-like. Um, and then <coughs> that's rallycross. And then rally sprints are quite similar to, say, rallycross um, but, or, and circuit racing, but they're done by timed solo runs. So your, your car engine size will 
fit you into a class and then you'd have a number assigned to you and you get timed runs so the difference is you wouldn't have other cars around you you'd be out right. by yourself yeah and 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 have you found that you're better at one than the other or you like one more than the other how is it well happening? apparently i'm all right just, at just one one. I, um i think for my first year in circuit racing um i was only brand new to it and everything but i finished uh in the top 10 i finished 10th actually in my championship of about 17 cars so i was quite happy with that and then last year in this in the ztec championship we just had awful mechanical problems we ended up having to rebuild the head of the engine halfway through the season because we just had no power it's just one of those things that happens yeah. it's bad luck um but yeah like I don't know I think I did quite well in rallycross and we didn't expect that so I've kind of want to go back to that and then rally sprints I guess I guess I'm all right at this so I'm not yeah. sure I mean I've definitely had awful racing days and definitely been a lot slower than a lot of people but I think consistency is key and that's kind of what I think the result that I got this week shows Right, because that was a that was a conglomerate of the points achieved, obviously, so far this season. Um, so yeah. you're fast from A to B. Clearly, that's that's what you found out as well. <laughs> yeah, by myself, <laughs> with no one else around me. <laughs> and you said it's every man for himself to the first corner, or in any in any racing. Um, mm. how how common is it to come across female drivers? Because I, I we do get the sense that um, I mean, what are the ratios like? Uh, very very low um but there is luckily like there's a few initiatives out there at the moment so the likes of formula female and women in motorsport ireland who are putting a lot of work into getting uh young females involved young girls involved in karting and racing like the go girls initiative but then also the like both of them are both initiatives are supporting females that are in motorsport to try and show females that aren't that you could go and do this is that yeah. this is the thing there are females doing it but we are very much so a minority i think two years ago there was statistics that came out and there was nearly 200 licenses for circuit racing i think it was for uh, motorsport ireland and i think only five or six were held by females and like my i'd be friends with them do you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, we're close. You have to know them all. Yeah. 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 But it's just, it's, it's, it shocked us even though we were part of it. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of us have been doing a lot of work to try and get more females involved and hopefully the numbers will go up just by kind of ex like a bit of exposure to show that like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm no different to any other girl. So. Yeah. And, um, and are the costs high or how do you manage the costs? Tell us what you work at and how do you afford to, to race a car, even if it's a certain um, Well, I think if you're going to race in motorsport, you definitely have to be in a financial position to be able to do so. Um, I am a land surveyor for ESB and I'm on quite the average wage. I've been with them for three years after coming out of college and I definitely can say like I don't earn an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah. So it's just very much so uh, budgeting and saving. And at the moment, I don't have anything you could say tying me down. So I'm able to do so. But there is a lot of people out there that have families and homes and mortgages that still do it because they're passionate about it and they will save and they will find a way to do it. So yes, it is expensive. But in order to get into it, the only way I, I could have gotten into it was the way I did it which was uh, the Fiesta ZTEC was actually designed to be a budget class now even as a budget class there is extra expenses like your tires are very expensive and entry fees and petrol and you know they do add up <clears throat> but um they're still they're kind of the budget way so yeah that's that's there is ways around it but it, it can yeah. be quite expensive and i suppose we all choose i always say we always choose we all choose where to spend our money we choose where to spend you know what our passions are so if it's your passion you <laughs> yeah. spend every penny you have on it I guess. Yeah, yeah well like my, my best friend would be very much so like the absolute opposite of what i am we've, we've been friends for 14 years but and it's never been any different like we've 
just because we have different interests, but she laughs when I, I'd be literally living off shreddies for the two weeks before a race weekend because I've spent like 270 euro on tires. And she'll be <laughs> like, what? Like, what are you doing? But it's just what you do. It's just part of a part of it. Yeah. If you really, really want it, you'll do anything for it, you know? Yeah, sport is, that's, that's what sport demands of all of us. I think it is to invest our <laughs> yeah. time and our money in it, if, if that's what we love. Um, Absolutely. So you, you, you found out that you won that um, competition, which is great. Um, and I wondered, what are you doing? You're, where are you now right now? Because obviously all competition is off in motorsport. So where are you and how are you occupying your time? You're obviously still working. You're able to work, which is... You, which is great yeah um ESB have been great like for facilitating us all working from home so I'm working from home um because I can't even go out and site yet or anything for actual surveying so a lot of it's everything's been done from home at the moment so kind of like typical nine to five hours Monday to Friday and I've just had a lot of extra time on my hands so um I've just been finding myself literally throwing myself into cycling so I already had two bikes here and I had just gotten a brand new suspension mountain bike before lockdown and obviously couldn't really go and like there's no trails around where I live I live in Gormanston and Mead it's quite flat we're right beside the sea which is lovely but it's a bit limiting you know so um yeah I have been so lucky that I have the BMX bike and the mountain bike because I've just been going out and just doing sprints just kind of mucking about finding my own trails here there and just kind of getting out and about so I've been lucky in that sense it's been it's been interesting (laughs) Well, it brings us on to the topic of your other sport, because following you on social media, I discovered that you have two sporting loves, if you like, and the, and the other one is cycling, but an unusual form of it. A lot of us have, I think, because of lockdown, have gone back on our bikes. I know I have. I know other people have. And even out on the roads where I live, I see lots of women out cycling. And you can see that a lot of us are social cyclists who have kind of gone back to it. Um, yeah, which is great. Lockdown. Yeah, but but um, I also noticed that I was looking at a few things on cycling Ireland and they have a campaign that they only really started at the beginning of um, the lockdown actually in early yeah. March which is a thing called Bike Like Me and it's an initiative to get women more women involved in cycling we had Valerie Constantine who's the director of Ross Naman on the, um, on the podcast last year and she was fantastic and just really fascinating about why more women um, aren't cycling and cycling competitively you have been asked by bike like me to be an advocate for them but for two very unusual forms of cycling which really interested <laughs> me so you're we know you're a petrol head we know you're you're obviously an adrenaline junkie adrenaline. because you're into motorsport so what yeah. what are the cycling areas that you you enjoy yeah so basically bmx and mountain biking so i started bmx um before mountain biking and yeah they definitely interested me because of what you said adrenaline really um, now I can't ride off road cycling because I've never tried it, but I think it's definitely what draws me to BMX and mountain biking is the adrenaline. But um, yeah, the the Bike Like Me campaign, I think that it's fantastic, exactly like what we're trying to do for, in motorsport to get more females involved. So I was actually really interested in the campaign, but I just didn't expect to be uh, chosen because I'm so new to it. So basically I only started um, BMX god a year and a half ago and then mountain biking probably about 10 months ago and that's like not even kind of properly that's just kind of getting the bikes and learning myself and just being taught by friends and stuff um but apparently like what they're looking for is to just show that you can start from scratch you don't have to be coming from a cycling background or be at it years or whatever you can still just start from scratch and come into it so 
uh, hopefully I can encourage more, <laughs> like just to show well, that it's it, interesting. Um, scratch. I mean, Valerie Constein, I remember telling me she didn't start racing cycling until she was 30. I mean, you're only, what is it, 26 or something? 26, like years, yeah. Yeah, years ahead of you. So tell us, um, BMX, which people find, won't even know maybe, is, is actually Olympic sport in recent years. Yeah. And so is mountain biking. And Ireland have never had a female mountain biker in the Olympics. We've had a male one. No. So there's a huge scope and a huge area. But explain to people what the difference is between them, because a lot of people wouldn't even know. But BMX is the one that goes <laughs> up and down very, yeah, on very so, highlighted hills. To be honest, I didn't even know what it was until I moved in beside the track in Rathove. I was living there um, a year and a half ago and I just, I saw BMX and I thought, oh, what's that? Anything with wheels and I'll, I'll be interested. <laughs> so yeah, basically like I knew BMX, there's like stunt BMX and everything, but BMX racing is like a whole other skill. So it's, uh, as anyone would probably know if they're involved in cycling, you don't have gears or anything and it's a smaller frame of a bike. And uh, so it requires a whole other skill. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of like Rathos in particular has like a bit a small pump track at the back. Um, and then they have the big racetrack. So you start on a big hill balancing at a gate and then it's just you throw yourself down. And there's a whole <laughs> lot of skill to it. I mean, there really is. There's pumping, there's manualing, there's, oh, sorry, there's everything and anything that you can imagine. So, um, yeah, it's it's basically just like a big, um, I would say, tarmac hilly track um, and yeah. with so I always using say, no gears yeah I always kind of like it I always think it's a bit like skateboarding on a bike or whatever but it has that element of you know adrenaline and speed and it's no yes. way it's a bit scary and then mountain it's, biking very different but again I'd, I would say very exciting and adrenaline based particularly downhill oh stuff. massively so mountain biking probably holds the bigger piece of my heart I'd say I think it's just because it's out in the forest you're out in the middle of nowhere you're just bombing yourself down a hill, down a mountain. I just, it's fantastic. So you can do enduro and downhill. And in Ireland, we actually have quite a good mix of it. Probably more enduro than downhill. What's um, the difference? So enduro, enduro would be, it's a bit tougher. So it would be kind of like mix of uphill, downhill, different terrains. Um, it requires like a fair bit of fitness. Not that downhill doesn't, but enduro does. It's just yeah. a lot more difficult and tougher. Um, and then downhill is purely downhill. It's just the idea of just completely coming downhill um, and it will have burns, jumps and everything. Um, so in Ireland, it's kind of, it's getting a bit more popular, but it's probably, you'll hear about mountain biking a lot more than BMX. But I think right. there's a lot of associations trying to raise awareness of both forms of cycling to try and get more people involved. Because it is quite big once you're in the community, but people outside of it don't know what it is you know right right and where can um where would you do where where would you see i presume in wicklow is a, is a center for mountain biking and i know there's a place down about there are places ballyhoor there's some down further down in yeah. limerick isn't there there's a good few kind of down that end of the country but because i'm along the east coast i'd be mainly up like i've been to ross trevor up north but i'd say the closest is always going to be the wicklow mountains for me so there's the likes of the ticknock trails and the ball the stove and then there's also uh, the Gap. So the Gap is an actual bike park. So they kind of have, they provide the service of uplifts there. Um, so that's when you pretty much, you can throw your bike on a trailer and hop in a van and you get driven up and you just keep getting to go downhill. So you don't have to do all the uphill <laughs> cycling, which is great. That's made um, for people like me who like skiing. <laughs> so the lift takes you up. And basically yeah. you, and you just get down. to go down. Yeah. So Fantastic. you can cover on the way back up. So they 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 have that going as well. Um and you but you can also pedal up and everything, but they have great trails. They have a mix of kind of 
some natural trails with a lot of man-made trails but they're very good and different kind of levels of expertise so beginners can go as well which is great so the Wicklow Mountains I'd probably say Ticknock trails would probably be the most most common for me um and they're very accessible just for anybody who has their own bike or they even have biking can you rent a bike yeah can you rent and try yeah so biking.ie is fairly new and they have a cabin in Ballinastow Woods and Ticknock around the main car park for hikers and everything so they you can rent uh, either hardtails or full suspension bikes from them and helmets and just go off for the day which a lot of people do and so at least there is there is a lot more initiatives out there to try and kind of get more people of the public a member of the public or even yeah. tourism and stuff involved so there is a lot more at that um but i think Ticknock appeals to me because it has a mix of man-made trails and natural trails and they're That's very fantastic. different so it's yeah, great, it would, be a great, it's great. Day. it would be a great day out for a, for a family or for individuals oh, yeah, to try and, it. Of families, and then you might love it, it. Yeah, yeah yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant and tell me um is again what's the ratio like is there is there a big split or is it very equal male female or or do you um, do, do, do well, like I'm, fair, I'm fairly new into um cycling as i said but from what i've seen yeah once again i think females are a minority in it Um, probably there's a lot more involved in cycling than there is in motorsport so i'm hoping maybe i can try and transfer some of my like people that I know motorsport females into cycling yeah, yeah, but yeah. um yeah there is like it's it's in BMX there's a lot of young kids females that are coming into a lot of girls which is fantastic but within Ireland for the likes of us that are com- like competing in the older classes is very very little and yeah. um, I think mountain biking I wouldn't know a whole lot but I do remember getting in touch uh, with a couple of the different kind of race committees to ask about competing like what would I need to do and basically they said like all females are in one class it's just a female class and I said like what about ages and they said well actually yeah it could be somebody who's 14 and up to somebody who's 50 and the person there could be somebody who's like you know up to very high spec standard of um you know very quick and then there could be the like somebody who's just brand new like me but and everyone would you, gets thrown into it. Can you compete, compete in mixed class then as well? Not like in mountain biking at the moment. Oh, I don't, right. I, okay. Not that I've seen anyway. Um, and I don't know. I think it is a bit strange when you think about it. But that because you could just be in with absolutely anybody who could be yeah. competing um, all their life. And then people brand new like me. And then a mix of ages. So they just said to me, though, they, they did say in fairness to them that they're trying to get more females involved so that yeah. they can split the classes up yeah, into exactly. age groups. Yeah, um, and that often so happens just, in a growing sport, exactly. Exactly. So I think that, like, the bike like me campaign will kind of like that'll feed into it, hopefully down the line as well. And tell me, um, is there are there any like we always we hear the can't see can't be are there any female um BMX or mountain bikers that you have seen that are really good in Ireland and kind of uh, well, have, I think mentor others. There's like there's very few in Ireland, but there's some big names that stand out. I mean, in mountain biking, there's Leah Mansell. Uh, she's been competing like for most of her teenage years and everything, and she was competing over in Europe, I think, last year as well. She does very very well. And then in mountain or in BMX, um, my friend Anna Schmidt, she used to compete in mountain biking and then came into BMX a few years ago, and she's pretty much top in Ireland at the moment. So she was also competing over in Europe um, last summer and did very well for herself but she's kind of one of these people that keeps a low profile when in all honesty she's very very talented and she's been a massive inspiration to get me involved in cycling because I was quite 
bewildered at the beginning and it can be off-putting you know yeah. when something brand new to you and there isn't a lot of girls around yeah it can and be intimidating yeah very yeah and she was just like listen it's you and me let's go like and by the end of the training session she'll have me absolutely buzzing for the next one <laughs> so she's she's fantastic I have to say like I don't think she gets half as much recognition as she could but Anna Schmidt is probably my biggest inspiration in cycling so far they're adrenaline sports Ruth um so do you get injured and is injury a factor or are you or how have you done yeah I mean I'm not gonna lie like I I can't say I'm a natural person on, on a bike I have crashed and I have fallen a lot and I think everybody learns that way and it was the same in racing as well like I think I've had between motorsport and cycling probably one too many concussions at this stage oh, but safety gear the what's the one thing is safety gear is worth investing in big time yeah. and I've learned the hard way in some stages but so far so good I've never broken a bone touch wood and um, oh that's a good one yeah because I always it. expect cyclists to get broken bones yeah I had no I haven't I've been very lucky and um, just kind of other different muscular injuries and stuff like that but um yeah it, there is risks that come with it and I think that that's where some girls may be a bit hesitant um, but then there's a lot of females that I know would love to throw themselves into it. They just need a little bit of a push and encouragement. What do you love about what do you love about both sports? I mean, mm-hmm. motorsport and cycling—they're two very different things. But as I said, it's obviously the adventure for some way for you. <laughs> um, probably the speed and the adrenaline is as common as that probably sounds and predictable. Yeah. But definitely the speed and the adrenaline. And for me personally, like you know, in my first two years racing, I didn't come anywhere massively well. I didn't like. You know, I wasn't one of those, but I learned so much about my own driving style and it was kind of little achievements. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd come in and instead of looking where I came on the timesheet, I'd be going, what was my time? And yeah. I could have a quicker time than some of the people ahead of me. Do you know what I mean? On different yeah. stages and stuff. And that to me was enough. So I've just kind of built myself up with that. And it's the exact same um, in cycling. Like I, it's, I'm new to it, so I don't put pressure on myself. But I just, I love the personal achievements that comes out of it. Along and that's with what, and for speed. all of us, I think that's what sport is about. It's about, yeah, it's about competing against yourself for a start. And then after yeah. that, it's exciting to see where it can take you. Um, we're all finding out uh, new hobbies or things that are getting us through um, the lockdown. Obviously, there's no competition in motorsport or cycling um, for you at the moment. Um, mm. But I think you've got something else that's keeping you very occupied, and that is to do with motorsport for next season. Yeah, so the car that I've been racing in for the last year and a bit, um, through all the different disciplines that I was talking about previously, uh, was a, a 2001 1.25 Fiesta Z-Tech. Um, and it's a great car I've learned loads in it like I kind of feel like we grew together but I kind of just it came to a stage where I said like I'm ready for something new but I also needed something that was within my budget so um, my friend Colin Clinton who's also my mechanic like we're very very close and he was kind of looking into this uh, class called the Mini Cup run by the Rally Sport Association and he was saying like listen I think this is affordable I'm going to do one if you want to sell your Fiesta we can use that money and I will teach you how to build it. So it was a big investment in a way, a big thing. I have a lot of attachment issues getting rid of Freddie, the Fiesta, but <laughs> I, took, I took the leap and it, he's gone to a fantastic home, um, a 13-year-old who's going to, going to rally cross when he turns 14 and he's already in love with the car. So yeah, I've just been kind of getting mourning that, but we had went straight away and bought a Mini. So the Mini is a road car that we are completely stripping and getting it up to race specification for the um, championship. 
So you're so going to raise car... minis next then, then this yes. right? Yeah, okay. so they're just 1600cc um, mini coopers or mini ones basically. So yeah, we just have to start from scratch. It's something I always wanted to do, but I never had the, like I was never brought up as a mechanic or knew anybody that was. So it's completely new to me, but I can't wait to get involved i'm already loving what we've done so far so, so you're it's, it's you're, bit, you're essentially experience. stripping out a mini um you're learning how to strip it out and uh, and you're going to use that and you're going to race in that next yeah and, completely building a race car from scratch yeah oh brilliant and can people follow that or see you do it or learn from you yeah so i decided that i it's i'm it's gonna i think anything you put online you're open to scrutiny and kind of judgment and stuff but I think I know myself seeing other females do these sort of things has encouraged me. So hopefully even if I encourage one female to do something similar to what I'm doing, that make me happy. So Colin kind of kind of encouraged me like to record them. So basically just kind of got the GoPro out and instead of recording me racing, it's recording me stripping the car, but getting bits and pieces together, fitting the roll cage. So we're putting up the, cause they're kind of like vlogs, I'd almost say. Yeah. Um, and uh, they'll be up on my Instagram. The first one went up yesterday and also my Facebook race page, which is Root Nugent Racing. And it's on YouTube as well under the same thing. Brilliant. And yeah. uh, Freddie, Freddie the Fest has gone to a new home. And, and what about your new mini? Have you got a name for it? Do you give all your cars names? Yeah, I do. I like a bit of alliteration. And I think everybody in social media just kind of took to it. And it was just for a bit of crack, really. Um, so Freddie's gone. He was a little boy. And I think when we got the mini, I kind of felt like, I think it's a girl. I think, <laughs> I think she, she feels a bit sassy, you know? So I stuck with the alliteration and I put up a poll for just a, for a laugh on Instagram to pick a couple of names and everyone seemed to really like Millie. So we have Millie the mini. Millie the mini is the next Millie one. the mini. Yeah. Millie the so, mini. So, she's, so she's a work in progress. Um, and when will you, when do you hope to be racing? And I mean, when, when technically would that normally start? When would your season start? Uh, the race season in Ireland is usually March to September slash October. Um, right. So obviously we're way past that now yeah. and all championships are quite messed up at this stage, uh, which is a shame for people who've gone and took such investment in sponsorship and the likes. But it's just one of those things that's happened. We weren't to expect a global pandemic, I think. But yeah. um, I think Mandela are looking at opening up for some car events. Um, they won't be doing any bike events because car events are sense uh, from the end of July onwards, if everything right. goes well. And then the uh, Rally Sport Association are looking at starting stuff at the end of August as well. So I think it all depends on what goes on, really. But fingers crossed, they'll go ahead. So would you be looking? At, well, would you be looking to get the mini ready for the twenty twenty one season? Then is that what you're thinking about? Um. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to running. think. Yeah, I'd like to have it ready for August. Um, oh, but I mean, the okay. thing is that, like, when you order, you know, the likes of roll cages have to be made. Um, yeah and like buying seats and getting everything imported and everything it can take time so hopefully it yeah. goes ahead but um yeah pretty much hoping to, to have it ready by then but if not i think colin's mini is a step ahead of mine you see so what we can do is we can double drive it's so i can technically races. start the championship yeah. yeah so we can you can double drive in those championships as well so very good tell me um you you've had some health issues and i think sport has probably helped you to cope with them as well has it yeah, it's um, it's definitely been a bit of a learning curve. So in 2015, um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is an inflammatory bowel disease. It's an it's an autoimmune disease. So basically, my immune system fights um, my digestive system. 
So it's been quite an up and down journey. Um, I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia the same year. Um, so it was just quite overwhelming at the age of 21, really, to kind of be told that you have an illness that they don't know why you have it and they don't have a cure. So you're going to have it for the rest of your life. And it's very daunting. So I think like you can either go one way or another with it. And I don't know why, but I just took it on to be like, right, well, I'm going to go do absolutely everything that I want to do. Um, and it has been hard. I mean, last year I was uh, very, very ill with it. And I was on um, this ex-chemo treatment that was a um, called infliximab. It was in infusions. But I went into anaphylactic shock during one of it and ended up in wow. hospital and stuff. And it was just a tough year. We haven't managed to find a treatment that my body responds to well enough at the moment. So I'm just kind of having to maintain it myself organically. Um, but it's just, to be honest, it's, it's hard. But racing and cycling are those things that kind of get me through the bad days. Um, yeah. I have learned the hard way that sometimes I push my body too much. Like I will still go and race even if I've been seriously sick that morning yeah. or anything. I, you know, you do have to find a balance, which I'm still trying to learn. But I think it just encourages me to go and do more, to be honest. Yeah, it sounds like it's a way, for, it's, it's been a great way for you to deal with it and, and a healthier yeah. physically as it well. It has, and mentally, because it can be just quite daunting and tough. And mentally, it's just really helped to kind of have that escape. Like, there's, there isn't anything that makes me feel the way racing makes me feel. And cycling is the only form of exercise that's ever come close to that. So, I think Brilliant. that's why I'll, I give up everything for it, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely understandable reaction as well. Really interesting. Um, finally, have you learned anything um, about yourself during lockdown? We've all found out new things about ourselves, I think. <laughs> um, well, I definitely have learned that um, I knew I was an impatient person anyway. I like to be on the go. So I definitely have rediscovered my impatience with myself and the world. But it's in that way, it's actually forced me to slow down a lot. And I've obviously had to try and manage uh, the Crohn's at home, which has actually been easier than trying to uh, deal with it on a daily basis in work and on site and stuff and yeah. racing. Um, so it's kind of just made me kind of tune into my body a bit more and kind of learn a bit of a few meditation therapies, uh, a lot of yoga, uh, art therapy. There's kind of like lots of different things in one way, but it's just made me feel a lot. It's just made me slow down and it's made me just feel extremely grateful for everything that I have that I may have taken for granted beforehand. Like even the access, uh, the accessibility to trails for mountain yeah. biking, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of like learning to appreciate the little things really. So it's kind of been a bit more of a mental test than anything, but I think it's kind of, I do feel like there's a lot of positives that have come out of it anyway. So Hopefully I can kind of take this out of lockdown, continue it with it and not forget it. So, Absolutely. I think we're all feeling the same way, Ruth. Absolutely the same way. Well, look, at it. it's fantastic to hear about you. Um, particularly, uh, we wish you luck with all of the rally sports stuff. And also, who knows, you may become a competitive mountain biker eventually. But obviously, we'll being involved like at any to. level is good fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. I think I like, I'm a competitive person and... I like I don't put myself up on a pedestal in any way like I'm learning from scratch I'm slow I'm learning I'm falling it's great it's just I, I do look forward to it. I'd like to think that I'm gonna go compete I have the license for it so 
fingers crossed. Great. Well, look, at, uh, we hope that uh, just by talking to you, we might get other women to think about cycling and also to think um, from, from the Bike Like Me project to just think about other aspects of cycling that we wouldn't normally think of. It doesn't have to be road racing or it doesn't have yeah. to be on the road, you know, and that's And really if I can do it, anyone can. Like, I don't come from a background where, like, you know, for, between motorsport and cycling, there's nobody in my family that does any of it. Um, we are definitely not a well-off family I just budget and I save and I work hard. Like if I can do it, absolutely anybody else can do it. And well, that's it just a great a bit of courage. That's a great message. That's a great message to pass <laughs> on. Thanks so much for joining us on Off the Bench. No we problem. had technical technical difficulties earlier, so we really appreciate getting you. And um, just to say to our listeners, you can hear all our previous episodes um, uh, on Off the Bench at uh, get them on iTunes or going to offtheball.com into their podcast series links, and you'll find Off the Bench in there. So best of luck in the future, Ruth. Love to talk Thank to you. you. Thanks a Me lot. Too. Bye bye.